Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday. Erev Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh Adar. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. It started back with Abraham, got thrown into the kitchen. The Tenemeliakol, through the trickery of Lavan. Living out of Misraim, two ten and counting. Working every day and night, Bechomero Benim. Vaishma Hashem, Nakatam, Vaishkorotanu, Mesema. In the city of Shushan, Bikesh Lashmi Laharogulabet, Ekola Yehudim Beomechad, Vayevanim, Bimematiao, the Hashmonai, Rasul Shakehenu, Home Toratenu, Amanu Banav, Talo Alaet, Nafohu, Umasata Giborim, Yat Halashim, Yat Sadikim.
Thank you. 
Sweetheart, tell Mama. Oh, Mama, Mama. We're snowed in here. The car wouldn't start this morning. (laughs) I think both kids have the measles. The doctor can't come until 5 o'clock. I'm coming down with a cold. The freezer is broken and all the food is spoiled. (laughs) And the house is a mess. And on top of that, Mama, 20 ladies from my Hadassah chapter are coming for lunch at 1 o'clock. <laughs> Mama, what am I going to do? Don't worry, sweetheart. Mother is here. <laughs> First of all, I'll go to the supermarket and I'll pick up to eat. Then I'll take the subway to the Long Island Railroad and I'll take the train. Oh, Mama, I don't Please, want darling, you to... it's only an hour and a half to the bus. <laughs> and then I'll take the bus, and from where the bus stopped, I'll walk the 14 blocks to your house. And for you, darling, I'll put the children to bed, and for you, I'll change the sheets and I'll give them an aspirin. So they shouldn't yell and I'll clean up the house And I'll cook something nice for the 20 ladies They'll love it Just don't worry, darling Everything will be okay Isn't that what a mother is for? Oh, Mama Thank you I feel so much better By the way, sweetheart If it's snowing and the car wouldn't start this morning How did Sam get to work? Sam? What's Sam? Sam, your husband. My husband's name is Paul. Is this three months, seven, one, one, six, six? No, this is three months, seven, one, one, seven, seven. Does that mean you're not coming? J.M. in the A.M. Happy Rosh Chodesh, everybody. It's Rosh Chodesh Adar.
Who could believe it, huh? We're already at Rosh Chodesh Adar. Remember last Rosh Chodesh Adar when life seemed somewhat normal? And then uh, <laughs> and then it went downhill from there. Last Shabbos Zachar was the first time I ever saw uh, someone make an adjustment to the Kiddush. Not cancel the Kiddush, but make an adjustment. You know, put the crackers in plastic bags and separate... Um, you know, plates, things like that. And then that was that. The next Shabbos, we were not in shul. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Friday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. You heard the, uh, in a, before that comedy segment, you heard Yehuda Dim with the Adar medley, Kinderlach with the Purim medley, Tzur done by Yitzi Spinner, the Yedidim Choir, had curry bone. Hakomi Shamayim, that was Mordechai Shapiro, RJ2 with Al Hanisim, words that we'll be saying two weeks from today on Purim Day. And the Regesh uh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this February the 12th, day 30 in the month of Shvat, the year 5781. Tafshin Pei Aleph. It's Rosh Chodesh Adar, day number one. It's a Friday. And Shabbos Rosh Chodesh on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim, Erev Shabbos Shkalim. Three Torahs tomorrow, candlelighting time here in New York, 5.07, your official candlelighting time. I'm, I'm going to, of course, check that as I always do to make sure it makes sense. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think most places are probably going to say 5.09. But again, as we always do, we're going to go with the earlier time. And we'll say 5.07 on this uh, Erev Shabbos. Monday's a legal holiday. We will be here, please God. Don't forget Sunday is the Hass concert. If you haven't yet registered to have the Hass concert piped into your home for free, go to HassConcert.com, H-A-S-C Concert.com. We'll begin the programming at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern time with the Alumni Show, 5 p.m. with the uh, A Time for Memories program. And then, of course, uh, 7 p.m. A Time for Music, number 34. So if you haven't yet registered, if you haven't yet made arrangements to have the Hass concert in the comfort of your own home, go to HassConcert.com, HassConcert.com. 22 degrees, it's cold, 59% humidity, winds in northeast at 6 miles per hour. Cloudy, high of 31, then tonight, partly cloudy, low 22. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high of 30 degrees. 65 in Yerushalayim, I spoke to Simon, he says it's absolutely beautiful now in Jerusalem. Yeah, if we were in Jerusalem, we'd be... Uh, We'd be very happy with the weather. 22 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. It's a Friday. Malcolm Holmline an hour from now. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Both Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin will have words about Parshas Mishpatim. And um, trying to think what else I have to remind everybody about. Project Witness has its uh, two-day conference starting Sunday. It's Sunday and Monday with the brilliant documentary uh, on the Monday night, which is, again, uh, appropriate for both uh, adults and teens. If you have not yet registered for the free educational conference, go to uh, projectwitness.org, projectwitness.org, and um, you'll be all set. You'll be a set, all set to attend virtually on both Sunday and Monday and see the documentary on a Monday night, which again we are told is, is is a brilliant, brilliant documentary. And the and the topic, as I said the other day, when our friends from Project Witness were on the air, uh, the topic is uh, is so fitting 
for all generations. It's it's one of those topics that all generations can get into um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Shoah. Friday morning, it's JM in the AM at 21 minutes before the hour, and um, where are we going musically? I don't even I don't even know I don't even know what we've prepared here this morning. Let me let me get to my uh, I'll tell you. Let me get to our list of, uh, of of wonderful musical selections and to get things go. Oh, here we are. Okay, I didn't realize where we were. Uh, it's Joey Newcomb, Benny Friedman together. More coming up. You are listening to a Friday Erev Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM.
His tiring echoes in the air A nation anxious, numb with fear Side by side, eyes raised to heaven Praying fervent prayers A tragedy with narrow hope We stand together, try to cope Hashem, please save our family Wipe away the tears But when everything is back in order Why do we let go? Our hearts were bound as one together Was it just for show? Do we really need another shadow To block our warning sun? To remind us all that we are really one. Which other people can compare with how we hold each other dear through suffering and painful times? Our bond is ever strong. If we'd linger on Long after our cries are gone No storm could ever reach our midst If we'd only stay so strong And when everything is back in order United we'd remain Cause despite our many differences We're a family just the same To block our warming sun For Hashem will see We've learned that we Now we are really one To live with an open heart And to help each other grow And when we are forced apart Never let the feeling go Then we'll see, we know that we, that we are really one. And when everything is back in order, united we'd remain. Cause despite our many differences, we're a family just the same. And we'll never need another shadow to block our And we are really
This is going to sound just utterly ridiculous to you, but I'm moving, you see? And in an old coat in a trunk, I found this shoe repair ticket that must be seven or eight years old. It's for some shoes I brought in before I went into the Navy, and then I moved away from Brooklyn, and now I found this old ticket. And I know it sounds ridiculous that you would have the shoes after seven years, but I took a chance. Oh, I get it. You're that fella from Candid Camera. <laughs> No, 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 sir. Honestly, look, look, here's the ticket. Let me see it. Are you out of your mind? We haven't even used the numbers in years. Not. No, please, sir. <laughs> no, no, it was a long trip here from Baltimore. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but please, take a look in the back. All right, all right. I'll look. I'll be right back. This is very embarrassing. But after all, they don't make shoes like they used to. <laughs> How can I be foolish enough to think that after seven years, that they would still... Hey, mister from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> yes? You're not gonna believe it. <laughs> you mean you found my shoes? Was it with half soles, leather heels, <laughs> and metal tips? <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. It'll be ready Tuesday. <laughs> Rosh Chodesh Adar. We're smiling and laughing, I hope, on this Rosh Chodesh Adar. Today and tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh, all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh. Yalav Yavo, half Hallel, um, a special Torah reading. Tomorrow, three Torahs with Parsha Shkolem. Um, Musaf Barchinavshi, all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Mishpatim, and Erev Shabbos Shkalem on this Rosh Chodesh Adar. Candle lighting at 5.07 in New York. Monday's a legal holiday, but we will be here, please God. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. She 
J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, and a Rosh Chodesh morning here at J.M. and the A.M. It's Rabbi Jake with Shabbos Kodesh. And this is, oh, we had the set B from Ari Hill and Ellie Marcus, their brand new Project X. Uh, you heard We Are One from Baruch Levine. 
And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And, of course, any beloved NSN app. Galay Tzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. It's Rosh Chodesh. we got three Torahs this Shabbos. Big, big Shabbos. Candlelighting at 5.07 in New York. Malcolm Holmline will join us about 40 minutes from now. Plenty more happening on a Friday air of Shabbos at JM and the AM. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JM and the AM. צהל השעה שתיים. שלום רב באולפן עמלי חביב פרגון עם מה שקורה עכשיו. מגמת ירידה בתחלואה בקורונה. משרד הבריאות התקן הבוקר על 4,922 נדבקים חדשים שהובחנו בארץ ביממה החולפת. כתבתנו ניב יגור מוסרת כי אחוז הבדיקות החיוביות עומד על 6% ו-7 עשיריות. שיעור החיוביים הנמוך, הנמוך ביותר זה כחודש. לפי דוח מרכז המידע והידע הלאומי למערכה בקורונה של אמן, נכון להיום כל חולה קורונה בישראל מדביק בממוצע פחות מאדם אחד באופן המסמן דעיכה מסוימת בהתפשטות המגפה. עם זאת מזהיר המרכז מפני עלייה חדה בתחלואה בשבועות הקרובים בשל הסרת המגבלות ותפוצתו הנרחבת של הזן הבריטי, המידבק יותר ביחס לזנים האחרים של הנגיף. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג מעדכנת כי ועדת השרים לקורונה צפויה להתכנס ביום ראשון בצהריים לדיון בהמשך פתיחת המשק. גבר כבן 25 נפצע בינוני בתאונת דרכים בכביש 66 סמוך לכניסה לקיבוץ מגידו שבעמק יזרעאל. חופשים ופרמדיקים של מגן דוד אדום טיפלו בו במקום ופינו אותו לבית החולים העמק בעפולה עם חבלות בגפיים. מוקדם יותר חמישה בני אדם נפצעו בהתנגשות בין רכב פרטי לבין טרקטורון מסוג רייזר באזור הקיבוץ מפלסים שבנגב. צוותי הרפואה פינו שני צעירים בשנות ה-20 לחייהם במצב בינוני עם חבלות בפלג גופם העליון ושלושה נוספים שנפצעו קל לבית החולים ברזילי באשקלון. בתום חיפושים ממושכים אותרה הנערה אשר על פי החשד עברה אונס קבוצתי בחדרה. בת ה-13 מאזור השרון נמצאה בריאה ושלמה לאחר שנמלטה מביתה למשך שעות ארוכות ובני משפחתה פנו למשטרה ושירותי הרווחה בבקשת סיוע להתרעה. מוקדם יותר היום המשטרה פתחה בחקירה בחשד לאונס קבוצתי של הצעירה שהגישה תלונה על כך לפני שלושה שבועות סמוך למועד המקרה. בית חולים אישר את טענותיה של הנערה על סמך ממצאי בדיקה רפואית. לפי שעה טרם נעצרו חשבות משרד המשפטים אישר תוספת של חצי מיליארד שקלים לקצבאות הנחות שקוצצו שוב בצל אי אישור תקציב המדינה. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה ניתאי הנבי דיווח השבוע כי היועץ המשפטי לממשלה יאפשר להגדיל את הקצבאות חזרה לרמתן בסוף 2020 לחצי שנה. אישורו נחוץ בשל תקופת הבחירות. שר האוצר ישראל כץ עדכן בחשבון הטוויטר שלו כי יפעל לביצוע ההחלטה בהקדם. מאות בני אדם מפגינים כמדי שישי בסמוך לתחנת המשטרה באום אל פחם במחאה על האלימות והרציחות בחברה הערבית. כתוצאה מכך, כביש 65 נחסם לתנועה מצומת מגידו לצומת ברקאי בשני הכיוונים. כתבנו דורון קדוש מוסר כי הציבור מתבקש לנסוע בדרכים חלופיות. מזג האוויר היום יהיה מעונן חלקית עד בהיר בערים ובפנים הארץ צפויה ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, שבת משפטים, שבת ראש חודש אדר, פרשת שקלים. בירושלים ב-443, בתל אביב תיכנס השבת ב-5 בחיפה ב-453, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת ב-5 דקות. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר, בירושלים ובחיפה ב-6 בדיוק, בתל אביב ב-6 בדקה, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת ב-6 דקות. לכל מאזיננו, שבת שלום ויום משפחה שמח. אלה החדשות.
Come, let us sing the song of a city known for its beauty, splendor, and grace. Come, let us find the words to describe her. She is not like, not like any other place. Travel the land, the mountains and valleys 
There is a story behind each stone. But when you return, your heart will rejoice. As Bruchim Habaim appears and you know your home. Yeah, after over a year of separation from Yerushalayim, boy, I pray we're going home. Both those who want to visit and those who want to live there. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, it's JM and the AM on this Rosh Chodesh Adar. Two-day Rosh Chodesh, today and tomorrow, Friday and Shabbos, on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim, Erev Shabbos Shkalim. Did you notice on the Israeli news? Erev Shabbat, Erev Shabbat Mishpatim, Rosh Chodesh, what did they say? Oh, no, now I forget what they said, but they did add at the end, Parashat Shkalim, which I thought was really cool. Candle lighting at 5.07 here in New York. 22 degrees, cloudy, and a high of 31. Harry Rothenberg has words on this very special era of Shabbos about Parashat Mishpatim and more. Here he is on a Friday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. This week we learned the law of the unpaid custodian, the Shomer Chinam. Somebody's doing a favor for a friend, watching an item for him or her without seeking any payment. Something happens to that item, the custodian is not responsible unless he was negligent. Even if the item's stolen, the custodian doesn't have to pay. Unless we later find out that the thief was the custodian himself. In that case, he has to pay double the value of the item. One of the commentators says that that law is a metaphor. It's a lesson for us because each one of us is an unpaid custodian. God has deposited with us for safekeeping all of our individual combinations of talent and resources. Our charisma, our intellect, our wealth, our moxie, our persistence, our ingenuity, our know-how, our sympathy. All of those things are meant to be used to serve God and to help others. If we misuse them, if we steal them, like the unpaid watch person who steals, then we pay double. Once in this world, because we live less happy, less meaningful, less deeply fulfilled lives, and in the next world, when we're called to account for misusing the resources that God entrusted to us. Now we understand we all need some recreation time. We have to recharge our batteries after a long day or week or month. We need a vacation every now and then. 
But if we're honest with ourselves, we have to admit that more often than not, we have too much time on our hands. We over-recreate. Instead, we could take some of that recreation time and use it for recreation of ourselves. By repurposing time that we were previously frittering away, we can make our lives so much more meaningful, give ourselves deep happiness and fulfillment. And there are so many things we can do. You can cook or bake for a family that has an illness or who just had a new child. You can drive people to doctor's appointments. You can visit the sick or you can volunteer for a charity. If you're familiar with Jewish texts and topics, you can donate your time and teach people who are spiritually needy. There are so many ways that we can repurpose that time. Or you can just make someone's day. It doesn't take that much effort or investment of time. I got a call last summer, several months into the pandemic, from a person that I don't see that often, but when we see each other, we're very friendly. Hadn't seen him in a while. And he called and we were making some small talk. He asked me about how I'm doing and my family during these difficult times. I asked him. And as we're making the small talk, I started to get curious. Why is he calling me? And so eventually, I guess I started to get impatient. I feel bad about this. So I said to him, so how can I help you? And he said, no, I'm not calling for any particular reason. I just wanted to check in. I haven't seen in a while. So I made a list of friends that I haven't seen. I figure I'll call them and see how they're doing during these trying times. I said, that's so nice. You just made my day. And you motivated me to make a similar list and call people. And we can all do that. Pick up the phone and call a friend, a colleague, a relative whom we haven't seen for months on end due to this pandemic that hopefully will end eventually. A little bit of time and you can make someone's day.
did you die? Why, why did you die? Why did you die? Pardon me, sir, but I've been watching you here at the grave for over a half hour. I guess the deceased was a close relative. No, I never met him. I why did you die? Why did you die? I beg your pardon, sir. You say you never met him and you carry on like this. Then tell me, who is buried here? My wife's first husband. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. It's Rosh Chodesh Adar. <laughs> Hope that put a smile on someone's face out there. Hilarious as far as I'm concerned. Candlelighting at 5.07 on the... On the... Um, 5.07 on this Arab Shabbos here in New York. Uh, we've got Shabbos Shkullam coming up. We've got uh, Parshas Mishpatim coming up. And, of course, today and tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh Adar. Two weeks from today is Purim. And I believe Mayor Weingarten again has made a commitment, and I can't thank him enough, to be here on Purim morning to take care of everybody uh, here at JM and the AM. And I thank Mayor for that. He has two weeks now. Two weeks now to prepare. <laughs> Um, someone writes, thank you, Nahum, for that funny clip. We love those and have actually used some of the Purim Suda one year. Keep the laughs and great music coming. We need it so much this year. Wishing everyone a beautiful, happy, healthy Adar. Good Shabbos from Baltimore. Thank you for that. Arye Max says he can't wait for the Hess concert. Make sure if you're, uh, if you're anticipating and anxious to see the Hess concert that you're registered, make sure to go to HessConcert.com. Hasconcert.com. It is free. It's a free event. Hasconcert.com. And uh, it'll air Sunday night. At 4 p.m. is the alumni event. At 5 p.m. we'll do a, ta- a time for memories. Um, at 7 p.m. a time for music 34. All on the website. Go to Hasconcert.com. This is Hask.com. Uh, and just make sure to watch and make sure to donate and uh, and make sure to make the campaign a very successful one for Camp Hass, so they can reopen in 2021 as strong as ever. They reopened last summer during the pandemic, but not as strong as ever. They weren't able to. Uh, government regulations and all the crazy stuff going on with the summer camps last year, if you remember, everybody, here in New York State. <clears throat> but uh, this year, please God, they'll open up as strong as ever. But we need your help to do so. Hasconcert.com. Make sure you've got the uh, live stream in your house. is coming Sunday between 4 and 11 Eastern time. Or 4 and 10 Eastern time, I guess it would be. JM in the AM with 22 degrees, clouds and a high of 31. Um, Monday's a legal holiday, but we'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here, and I hope you'll be here. Tuned into JM in the AM. That would be amazing. Make sure to be tuned in this coming Monday between 6 and 9. Yeah, it's a legal holiday, a little bit of a more relaxed morning. Maybe we'll get to even more and more comedy segments, which would be really cool. <laughs> we'll certainly try our best. More coming up Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, J.M.
May I have your attention, please? This is the last will and testament of our dear friend and relative Samuel B. Cohen. I, Samuel Benjamin Cohen, being of sound mind and body, do hereby declare this to be my last will and testament. Number one. To my son, my beautiful boy, Sheldon, <laughs> my firstborn, who made me proud of him all my life, a fine son, a good husband, a wonderful father, and the best dentist in the United States. <laughs> to my son, Sheldon, I bequeath tax-free one million dollars. Wonderful. Isn't that magnificent? Good luck, Sheldon. <laughs> Number two, to my beautiful daughter Jane, with a Y. <laughs> to that lovely child who always got high marks and helped her mother with the dishes when we couldn't afford a maid, who got a scholarship to Hunter College, who for a long time has been a little too particular or she'd be married already. <laughs> To my lovely daughter Jane, with a Y, <laughs> tax-free one million dollars. Oh. Such a generous man. Isn't that beautiful? Mazel tov. <laughs> Number three, 
to my beautiful wife Miriam, friend, companion, love of my life, to the lovely Miriam I give with pleasure everything that's not in her name already. <laughs> the white Chrysler Imperial with the white sidewalls <laughs> and the Prince's telephone, the Picasso from the back of the store, my Arnold Palmer golf clubs with a new leather bag, and tax-free two million dollars in cash. Enjoy, sweetheart, enjoy. Oh, what a marvelous husband. An angel, not a man, an angel. The Picasso from back of the store and everything. <laughs> Number four, to my brother-in-law, Louis, who lived with us all of his life, who never had to do a day's work, who knew how to handicap the ponies better than anybody, who only smoked the finest cigars, mine, to my brother-in-law, Louis, who all his life said I would never remember him in my will. Hello, Louis. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> Friday morning on Rosh Chodesh Adar. <laughs> Presenting some of our favorite comedy segments. Listener Moshe says, good morning, Shabbos and uh, Chodesh Tov Nachum. Um, my daughter was one of 50 day campers last summer at Hass. They kept it going, albeit on a very limited basis, usually 350 campers for seven straight weeks. Yeah, they did quite a job last year, and we're hoping they could really reopen to full capacity in the way things need to be for this coming summer. Everybody go to HassConcert.com. Make sure you have the link for Sunday night. A time for music 34 is free. I mean, we're going to be asking for donations, but the, a time for music 34 is being presented and being given to you for free. For those of you who normally can't get into Lincoln Center for a time for music, here's your chance to watch. 4 p.m. on the live stream will be uh, the alumni show. 5 p.m. for a time for memories. 7 p.m. a time for music 34. Go to hasconcert.com, hasconcert.com. Make sure you're registered for the event. Please announce happy engagement anniversary to Yossi and Devorah Leitner. All right, happy anniversary. They got engaged with Shodesh Adar and got married Erev Shvuas. Had their first baby Erev Yom Kippur and their first grandchild on Shvuas. Wow. They're tied into the Jewish calendar, aren't they? <laughs> Mazal Tov. Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up, including Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman, Conference President of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll do a weekly update with us coming up here at JM in the AM. Ken Lighting at 5.07 in New York. I thank all of you for tuning in, and I remind you that, uh, well, where's my, I'll remind you in a moment about everything. Um, I remind you that this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Trivia question. Did I walk in to Aaron's Casino Farms yesterday and purchase a massive, large salami from A&H? And the answer is yes. I should really take a picture and post it, a picture in my uh, shopping cart and post it. 
But yes, I did, and it's amazing. If you haven't seen the uh, Kosher Halftime Show yet, make sure to go check it out. Go to uh, NahumSiegel.com. It's on the homepage. Go to Facebook.com slash NahumSiegel Network. Check out the Kosher Halftime Show brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm and starring Eighth Day and Mayor Kay. Really an amazing production. I think you will enjoy it, and I think you'll uh, you'll see that, in fact, it was an amazing production. It was a lot of fun putting together, and I'm sure that um, when you watch it, you will agree that it's a ton of fun to watch as well. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com have the largest Judaica store now online with every category of Judaica you could ever imagine. It's actually pretty amazing. Uh, we've been emphasizing that uh, some of the great works um, from Rabbi Tversky have been uh, have been um, getting a lot of attention recently because of his recent passing, and, and ShopEichlers.com has them all. Just check it out by going to the website. They also have same-day delivery in Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, and Jackson, New Jersey. Uh, they've got the gifts. They've got the gift cards. They've got the books. They've got the sperm. They've got the Judaica. they got everything fancy, everything simple. They've got it all. It's all there. Go to shopiclers.com and enjoy. I uh, also wanted to remind everybody that Partners in Torah has started the Happiness Initiative, and I am proud to say that we are getting tremendous feedback from our listeners about those who've joined. Go to partnersintorah.org slash happiness dash mentor. Partnersintorah.org slash happiness dash mentor for all the details. And join in. It seems already to be very, very satisfying for a lot of people to be part of it. Partnersintorah.org slash happiness dash mentor. Also, the Project Witness Conference is this coming Sunday and Monday. Project Witness is this coming Sunday and Monday. It's online, of course. Go to projectwitness.org to register for free. And don't forget, Monday night is that brilliant documentary appropriate for both adults and teens. Go to projectwitness.org for all the details. Weekly update and more coming up. It's JM in the AM. Some say, turn around, turn around and fight them. Some say, close your eyes and pray. Some wave a big white flag, screaming with surrender. Some quit, calling it a day. Just keep on moving, roll it on. Don't stop for the ocean. Keep on moving, waters fade away. Keep on moving, roll it on. Stop for the ocean Keep on moving till you find your way Just nothing about survival Some say Doesn't really pay Some hold on tight Screaming Can't change my nature Some say We just can't find our way Just keep on moving Roll it on Don't stop for the ocean Keep on moving Waters fade away Keep on moving Roll it on don't stop for the ocean don't stop, don't stop. Keep on moving till you find your way Bye, I'm so far, far. 
jump right in Staring down a barrel but I trust in him Waves are crashing but we're coming in Got my eye on the prize, won't stop for the lies I'll be running down this path till he opens my eyes Clouds are dark, I can't see a thing But I wait to see the light that my faith will bring The stars of uh, Kosher Halftime Show 2021, eighth day, with Roland here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. On this Erev Shabbos, Parshas Mishpatim and Erev Shabbos Shkolem. Today's Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Adar Mishenichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha. Let's hope that that, uh, in fact, comes true this year. That as we uh, enter and uh, start to enjoy the days of Adar, that we just increase the joy and happiness because, boy, can we use it. And hopefully by the time Adar ends, we'll be really somewhat uh, on the road to being back to normal. After all, last Adar was uh, a very challenging month, and we know what happened after that. Uh, don't forget our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you're looking to print out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos, it's a great resource. Go to Jewish worldreview.com, print away, read away, enjoy away, and learn more and more about what's happening in this insane world of ours. It's all happening at jewishworldview.com. Malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. Always good to be with you. Purim, two weeks from today. Could you imagine? Unbelievable. One year, one year since our synagogues closed, I was just saying earlier in the show that Shabbos Zohar was the last time we had a normal kiddish, and well, it wasn't actually wasn't 100 percent normal that week already. There were certain restrictions being placed, but that was the last time we really gathered the way we remember gathering uh, in shul. And here we are, one year later. It's hard to believe. Let's hope that the month of Adar brings a uh, a level of joy and a greater level of normalcy. We might be on the road. If you're watching the the graphs and the statistics, Malcolm, both here, Israel, and the world. We might be on that road finally to getting back to normal, which would be amazing. That would be amazing, but people still should not be lax. In, even if they have the vaccinations, as I do, you cannot be lax about the mask and washing hands and the precautions that we take. We still see new cases, new things emerging that people didn't understand and the new strain. So we look forward to, to this being relaxed, a lot of the restrictions being relaxed, but people should still be careful. Not to get too personal, but any side effects from the vaccine? A little bit, the first one especially. But oh, yes, boy. Um, 
That's it. I can't take. I can't take it now. I know. No, it's uh, very minor. I know. It's I no different. I get it for, to the flu shot. I know. I'm kidding around. I shouldn't. I say get it to aspirins. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say that publicly. <laughs> I am. I am going to please God get the vaccine as soon as Malcolm figures out a way for me to get it, folks. I will be getting it. Uh, please. But God. you have to get the giant size. You know? <laughs> no, no syringe large enough, as they say. Uh, what did you think of the pause in the impeachment trial uh, because of the Sabbath? Um, well, it shows a respect for uh, religious uh, belief and, and uh, something that our country has always prided itself on. Um, you know, there are other aspects that I have some questions about, but that, um, I think, was uh, the response was immediate and, le- and, and a legitimate request. I always wonder if other societies and other, you know, other times during history, if this type of request was made, what the prevailing government of the time would have done. Uh, is this is this you know completely exceptional? You think in Jewish history, or there have been times when there's been you know respect uh, you know from uh, from from leaders and from courts where they would have honored a commitment like this. I, I don't want to um, speculate about something. I really don't know whether the courts have in other countries have acknowledged the Sabbath. I mean, I know that there are cases where uh, defendants and others uh, were able to to put off a, a trial and where certain government policies were based in, in Saloniki, because the Jews made up the majority of the workers at the port, they, they were closed on Saturdays. Right. And so respect for, and, and this was true in other industries and other uh, places, but uh, where a court, where a national government would agree in a very highly sensitive uh, issue like this, uh, I can't say. Yeah, well... Uh, all right, tell me about the International Criminal Court, because it seems now that they uh, have uh, have said that they have a, uh, that they're able to rule on whether Israel is guilty of war crimes or not. Absolutely. This is very important. As a friend of mine calls it, the International Court of Criminals, the, <laughs> the, there are three judges who sit, they're appointed um, a panel. Uh, as you know, in the 20 years the court has existed, I think they've had five cases uh, Milosevic was one, and uh, you know other. They take very high-profile uh, cases, not many of the ones that they should be taking, and they, um, you know, take a long time. This is a case that could drag on for years, and the prosecutor uh, Ben Suda is leaving in Jan- in June, so it's a little ridiculous that she pushed the case uh, when she's not going to be there to actually prosecute it, and the lead judge from Hungary. Uh, actually rejected the other two, the arguments of the other two judges, and gave a, an amazing. And people should read the paper that his objection. As I said, it's 160 pages, um, but many countries uh, came out against uh, the the issue, which is only question of jurisdiction. It's not. This is not a judgment of guilt and criminality on the substance, which is a charge brought by the Palestinians of violation of human rights in Gaza and the West Bank. Uh, and they're talking about the Gaza war when Israel engaged in a defensive war against the, the rockets and the terrorism and the, uh, all the um, attacks that were taking place. Uh, so this is a very important um, precedent. It's also against the United States. I know they have a case pending with the United States um, against the United States and Afghanistan. 
So when people, you know, dismiss these UN agencies, it's a mistake because this sets a precedent. It gives recognition based on the fact that they were given a seat as a, a non-member observer, um, but um, and and try to extract from that UN resolution that allowed them to be to be seated, the PA to be seated in that way, justification for saying that they had jurisdiction. The criminal court can only act on cases involving sovereign states. It, in fact, impinges on the sovereignty of states. It only has sovereign states. The Palestinian Authority is not a sovereign state. This is what the Oslo Accords, it's a violation of, of that. It's a violation of the mandate of the International Criminal Court. And so, and we're afraid then this will spread to every other UN agency that will be the same kind of uh, um, assertions as they have been making all along. So we, we believe that it's an important case to to demonstrably act against, to try to get them to the other countries to come out equally strong as Australia did, um, Germany did very strong. And there are presidents, even where Palestinian officials themselves said they're not a, so- a sovereign uh, state. So if it was a real recognized Palestinian state, it would be very different. Then they would have a right to go. But now yeah. Israel and the United States are both not members of the international of the signing of the Rome doc, uh, document that signed that uh, underlies the um, ICC. They, so they're not members, and therefore shouldn't be subject to their jurisdiction. Who are members? Are European countries members? Yeah, most everybody else. Um, so, just I just have trouble understanding it. They 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 have determined they have jurisdiction over the quote unquote occupied territories but if a an international criminal court has been uh has been set up to judge whether there whether war crimes have been committed why would it only apply to sovereign states i just and, and again i'm not taking the wrong side on this i'm just trying to understand it why would that be no the principles apply to everybody but the the question is do they have a legitimate standing to come before a court this court it doesn't mean that they can't, you know, lodge charges or do whatever they want right. in other places and, right. and other courts. But, but this, the, the specific mandate of the International Criminal Court is only for to be to to have a role in which in, in in the cases that involve sovereign states. Right, and so this is like an extension or an association. I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word. An extension is right. They're trying to to broaden their mandate and and to incorporate. And by the way, the most detrimental effect will be on the Palestinians because. Their leaders, you know, continue to abuse them. You know, we have the election coming up. We see they made a deal with Hamas this week to to try and proceed. We'll see yet whether they actually do it. But this will delay any peace. This will, will cause more friction and, and more problems uh, in the region. It's what motivated a lot of uh, some of the countries that have come out against it. So um, uh, that, that there is no beneficiary from this. But it has consequences, the meaning that Israeli officials, military leaders, others traveling abroad would be subject to arrest. Right. You remember those times when they couldn't sure. get off the plane in Britain, they couldn't uh, to live in the Barak, others um, couldn't fly to, to countries in Europe because of it. Prime Minister Netanyahu said today the court proved once again it's a political body and not a judicial institution. So that's really the difference, or maybe similarity, between them and the U.N. The U.N. is actually a political body. Unfortunately, their politics usually leans against Israel. 
Uh, but here they're supposed to be a judicial institution. They're not acting in that way at all. They're using what they're uh, what, what they're capable of doing. Completely. And, and where do they sit in judgment of the real violations of human rights? Syria, yeah. uh, Iraq, Turkey, all, all these others who are blatantly uh, Iran that are blatantly violating uh, human rights. Cuba, Venezuela. No, but no, nobody's bringing charge, and they're not uh, sitting in, in judgment. But those countries will sit in judgment of Israel. It's amazing how they get away with it. Like you'd think they'd have to at least, you know, develop a smoke screen and 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 condemn some other countries or rule against some others that are that are responsible for real war crimes. But they don't even have to do that. All they have to do is is deal with Israel, and the world is fine with it. It's really amazing. Uh, they don't have to cre- even create an illusion that they're uh, uh, that they're trying to be fair or 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 judge with fairness. Um, what about the United, speaking of the United Nations, I did a moment ago. What about the Human Rights Council? Now, President Biden has reengaged the United States with them. Yes, and that means back in there, and we're going back to the World Health Organization, even though these are all one-sided anti-Israel bodies. That the Human Rights Council is only one country that has a separate agenda item, item seven, and that's Israel. And every year there are, I think, five this year, five resolutions condemning Israel. Whereas there was now more than one against all the others, from the Sudan to Syria to Venezuela to all of the other major violators, China, of, of human rights. So these are all, as you said, politicized, biased, um, controlled by the automatic anti-Israel majorities, uh, and it's American in many cases. So the the um, you know, but the argument counter argument is that if you're not in it, you can't fight it. Yeah. You change it, you got to be inside. Yeah, I don't know if I still believe in that, but who knows um, whether you actually have to be in it to be part of that whole discussion. Uh, even when you're in it, it doesn't matter. They don't treat you as a colleague. They treat you as an outcast. So, like, what's the difference at that point? Um, and, and and basically, except for the embassy, except for the, the president of the United States, you know, acknowledging, and of course, the Senate voting to keep the embassy in Jerusalem, Anything else that you know we viewed as a as an important step by President Trump during his administration to help Israel, like the UN Human Rights Council, an important statement, right? Uh, uh, disassociating with them. I mean, all, all that's reinstated. I mean, well, Iran will deal with it in a minute. I get that's a separate thing, but just in the entire in the political realm, you know, outside of the embassy, we're basically back to what the Obama administration, you know, had the U.S. and how you know had the U.S. dealing with these organizations. Well, I wouldn't say that they. Did everything. I mean, the Golan decision, some other decisions. There are things that are still under review. But the embassy and the uh, there are a lot of decisions that are, are still intact. Um, there is a difference of approach. It was true of other administrations in the past uh, as well. And the the um, the question is what 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 they will do inside these agencies. Will they really draw the line? And and fight for this. I, I spoke to the new U.S. ambassador to UN, and she was very assertive and affirmative that she would do that. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have to see. I mean, it was a unique time when. Um, but there were people in the past, Richard Holbrook, others who are Democrats, uh, in addition, to, of course, to the Boltons and and Moynihan's and uh, all the others who who you know really took a stand at the United Nations, tried to fight uh, for the right thing. Uh, but you have an automatic majority, and and you know many of the ambassadors tell me they don't even get instructions from their home government, so they vote with the non-aligned movement. And guess who the president of the non-aligned movement is? Who's oh, Iran? But uh, uh, can you give me an example of a country that might say that? Like, what type of country would say that? Were they 
can't make an independent decision, therefore they just go with the aligned countries. It's not that they can't, it's that they don't bother. And, and, right, I'm saying. You know, that, many of them just dismiss the significance of the UN itself. I mean, does that include and, you European... Know, the, that includes decisions. Your... And once we take, you know, they go to Israel, and that's why the program of taking these ambassadors to Israel is so important. They come back and they say, gee, we didn't understand that, we didn't know it. And why would they? I mean, they're, they're fighting for their country's lives in, in Africa, trying to get uh, aid and other programs. Right. Uh, be- so, be- better to be friendly with the majority, <laughs> and to go, yeah, to go with the majority, and to. Um, Do you think the European countries? I, I did this with one African president, and in the presence of his uh, UN ambassador, we were visiting, and and uh, I raised the issue of a vote, uh, but I only spoke about the substance, and he said, "No, yeah, yeah, absolutely, we are against it, against it." I said, "But your country voted for it." <laughs> the <laughs> ambassador sitting there, and he said, "What?" I never authorized a vote on that. And he said, from now on, all UN votes on Israel come to me. And he's done it since then. Are all these examples in Africa, are there any European countries that you think behave that way? No, there are others who, well, not European so much. Not but, European. But okay. the EU does vote as a bloc. Right. They have their own bloc. Right, so they're following And there are them, countries right. that vote with the EU bloc, not right. just with the, or with the non-aligned. You, you've just raised such an important point about the last 12 months, frankly, because when, you, when, when we talk about celebrities, journalists, ambassadors, and others that you have facilitated to head to Israel and see the reality, the real reality, on the ground and in the air, you know, during a visit to Israel. I mean, that that has been an amazing opportunity that you've taken advantage of for the last half a century. And now, and now over the last year, you can't do any of that. Absolutely. I mean, and I thought of that this week at the uh, during the Super Bowl game when we took the Schwartz brothers, amongst other football players, stars, right. to uh, to Israel. And when they come back, I mean, they have a really big impact, especially if they're minority. People don't don't expect them to come and say, hey, this is the most amazing visit we ever made. And, right. and we don't set restrictions. You know, people, Israel sells itself. And, you know, we've had so many great successes with this. Of And, and we don't advertise, we don't publicize it. As some people exploit them because we don't want them to feel that we're doing it. We want, we honestly want them to experience Israel and then draw their own conclusions because inevitably they will come to the right conclusion. Yeah. So some of the, th- I mean, we, we talk about all the problems of the last year and certainly financial problems are, are chief among them. What it's doing to the children who have not been in school for a year or school in a normal circumstance for a year. We talk about all that, but then we have to bring in the other factors as well. What will the future of the Jewish people be like now that there has not been a year of birthright and, and what birthright does Every time someone visits uh, Israel for the first time and comes back and brings back that incredible spirit to their own family and community, it makes a tremendous difference, uh, even among the non-Orthodox. I know some in this audience might find that hard to believe. And then we just raised with you, and that is the uh, the celebrities, athletes, politicians, uh, uh, journalists, and all those that you know have such influence, uh, whether it be a small circle or a very large circle of people they influence, but it, it, such so much influence, and they... And that whole option is gone. I hope, I hope that as things open up, and boy, Malcolm, do I hope that right after Pesach they open things up, I hope. But I hope that you're able to implement this again and convince people that, you know, now is a good time to go visit. I think there's such a pent-up demand. Oh. I spoke to hoteliers and others. Sukkot is in, is in demand, or uh, oh. appears to be in demand. And the um, the likelihood is that hotels will start to open in May or June. Oh, That's yeah. their expectation. They will not Many of them will not be open for Pesach yet. Right. It's um, it's too it's too complicated still, but the uh, but I hope May June in the summer, 
and I believe that uh, there will be really huge numbers of people going to Israel. Uh, it affected Aliyah. It affected people coming to Israel and, and the uncertainty. So, but despite that, I just read that the that a $1.2 billion was invested in Israeli startups in January. Wow, just in one month. Huh? So despite everything, you know, <laughs> and of course we, we have to remember the Abraham Accords and the opening up of countries and the uh, new potential that exists, and um, and things don't stop. I just saw the Paris City Council adopts, adopted the IRA definition of anti-Semitism. Other countries are, are many institutions, universities, and others I mean, things are moving ahead, and the Iranians, above all, are moving ahead, despite yeah. the corona. It doesn't stop them, even though they were, people were very badly hit by it. And we'll talk about that next at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSegal.com, and the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. So when the President of the United States ends aid for the Saudi war in Yemen, I mean, is he essentially uh, doing a favor to the Iranians because they're the ones that are, you know, still infiltrating Yemen and trying to establish a real presence there, like they have in other countries? Well, there are, it's you know, it's certainly um, a subject of debate. They, they stopped the what they called offensive weapons right. um, to to the um, to the so, Houthi to to the. Saudis to fight the Houthis and putting bans on it. Look, Saudi Arabia has tried to end this war. They want out of it. They they don't want to continue to be rocketed and, and living under the, the threat of it. Um, and some sort of an accord internally in this country, which is the poorest country on earth probably, and being devastated by the conflict that, that has been ongoing. Uh, but, of course, Iran is supplying weapons, and Iran could be a beneficiary. Yemen is strategically located. It would be of great concern uh, if Bab al-Mandab, you know, would come under further Iranian control. And I say further because they have a presence. They have warships. They have other things. This is a very vital uh, and narrow passageway. It's one of the two controlling entrances into the Gulf, to the Red Sea. Um, and Egypt, of course, will look at this uh, with with great concern. Uh, as the Saudi Arabia having a, a neighbor, uh, you know, having a, a Yemen with a long border that they can fire across rockets that hit their airport and can clearly a precision because every one of them hit dead center. So it's likely they were fired from Iran. Um, and we know that they have built up the uh, precision um, equipment, equipping of some of the missiles in, in uh, Yemen. So by taking this step, the, the, the hope is to de-escalate, I guess, the conflict there. I, I'm not sure that that's what the result will be. And the question is more than just the technical aspects. It's how do the countries in the region read it? Mm. And do they see a lessening of commitment to fight Iran, stand against the, these forces? Although yesterday, the day before the president came out with a strong statement against what the Houthis were doing in tax on uh, Saudi Arabia. What's the answer? How do the neighboring countries view it, in your opinion? Well, it's in the larger context of seeing, um, you know, we, we withdrew our aircraft carrier. Uh, the right. Nimitz is coming back to Washington. Uh, the Eisenhower's in the Mediterranean. There are others that are nearby, but not in the Gulf area. And the question was, this is send a message to Iran to, to, to lower the tensions. Iran is being more and more aggressive. Yep. And that's the big issue for all these countries. Is that, they, that is the biggest threat to them. Iran says that because of the U.S. sanctions, that'll force them to become nuclear capable within two years. And by the way, if they're saying two years, 
I would I would assume it's going to be a lot less than that, right? I mean, well, the, the two year assessment is really coming from Israel. The American assessment is three to four months, and that came from the Secretary of State. Uh, and the re- the difference may well be the assassination of uh, Farah Zadeh, the head of their nuclear program. And those who haven't read the story from the Jewish Chronicle. Whether it's true or not, it will determine, but the story itself is a great read about how Israel smuggled into Iran a one-ton weapon. Uh, it's an automatic, automated uh, gun that is hyper-precise, meaning super-precise, that uh, some 20 people were involved, including Iranians and Israelis, and it was set up at a distance from where uh, Farah Sadeh's car was driving on the road that he was driving, uh, along with his wife and 12 guards, and none of them were, were hit. He, 13 bullets were fired. He got hit with everything. Nobody else was touched, which tells you the, the level of precision, if true, of, of the gun. And it had a bomb that blew it up afterwards so that, you know, to, to destroy any evidence. The, um, and removing him set back to him because there was no successor. He, he had it all in his head, and the documents that Israel took out of Tehran, they show a lot are in his handwriting, and a lot of it was really linked to him. So it was a, a huge blow to their nuclear aspiration. And this week, for the first time, we saw statements from the Minister of Intelligence, who is an appointee of the Supreme Leader, where he talks about the nuclear program and how fast they're going to get to it and um, and you know that this is, comes in the week when UN inspectors admitted that found radioactive traces in places uh, where it wasn't. It's not supposed to be, meaning that they found new evidence of, of undeclared nuclear activities in Iran. And this is coming from diplomats who were briefed on, on it, and so it raises new questions. It's just the beginning of it. But when the intelligence minister gets up and says we're going to pursue nuclear weapons, even though there's a supposed fatwa from 2003 by the supreme leader that uh, it can only be used for peaceful purposes and that they can't make nuclear weapons, that clearly is is uh, a fiction today. And that... Um, uh, when the United States feels they're months away, then it tells you that JCPOA didn't accomplish it, and their argument is that pulling out of the JCPOA uh, didn't didn't accomplish it. Can we go, if yeah. I could just say that there are other manifestations that just came out with a study ADL did of their textbooks, where as many countries have moderated in view of all the events of the past year, uh, their textbooks, we see that the Iranians, in fact, are escalating the anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, even anti-American content of their textbooks, and that they have more and more vile stuff uh, in them. Uh, and in fact, they, they upgraded in the midst of the COVID uh, outbreak, which they suffered from greatly, to, uh, to repeat the conspiracy theories that uh, are abound against Jews, against Israel. Can we go back to the Fakir Zada story for a second? You can. <laughs> can we please? It's a great story. I, I, but it's unbelievable. First of all, I mean... How do how do tens of spies agents get in from Israel to Iran? To well, be- I didn't say tens of. It said there were 20, they estimated twenty people. Again, this is just a report. No, I uh, get it, but uh, but but, it, but the, you know they there are Iranians. In fact, this is the same minister of intelligence. He said that a, a member of the Iranian military had been involved in the attack. and doesn't name anybody, and nobody has substantiated it, and nobody has done anything else to, to, to uh, say whether that is true or not. 
But they're trying to explain how come all their vaunted um, uh, security and everybody were were fooled or, or they could bypass them. This is a guy who traveled with security cars everywhere right. and many security guards. And, 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 and how and how large is a one-ton gun? I mean, it, it, it's mounted on the back of a truck, um, and um, it, 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 how much does it weigh? One ton. <laughs> no, I get it, but meaning, I mean, it had to be hidden. I'm sure it had to be hidden for a while as they're putting it well, together. As I said, they assembled it right. there. This was it was at a location away from the house, so wow. you know, in a field where they could set it up. Maybe it does it's not, make it's sense. It's not huge yeah. in the sense of, right, right. Of, it that includes the weight of the bomb. Right, it doesn't take up. It up. Doesn't take up a lot of space. I get it. Yeah. Interesting. Actually, it does make sense. I mean, as as as, well, as much as they can. But but as, as your point, uh, I mean, your point is uh, very important to keep in mind. We don't realize how many people inside Iran could be helping the Israelis when it comes to operations like this, and that of course is half the battle. And the attacks that we saw this year, the nine, I think, attacks against uh, nuclear facilities and right. other places, you know, they link it all together, and I think we also link it all together. And they're going to escalate as a result in some of the things that they're doing. We, we, we see it in cyber warfare, um, which they are engaged in against Israel, against U.S., against uh, uh, others, and certainly against the countries who join in the uh, Abraham Accords. But also we see it in the north of Israel along the, the Lebanese border, where Hezbollah is again building up in the efforts to get them the GPS-guided missiles, the, the guidance systems which enable them to um, you know, make it a make it a much more precise hit because most of their rockets just would fly anywhere. Uh, many didn't even make it across the border. This this will um, greatly enhance their uh, ability, and they so they say they have this uh, shock unit, which they call is what they call it, um, and that it will use a limited offensive lasting a couple days, that uh, avoids an all-out war, which neither side really wants. But they need to get. They want revenge for Soleimani. They want revenge for Baghdadet. Uh, you know that they tried to put to put IEDs, to plant bombs. They dug these immense tunnels under the border to Israel. They've shot rockets across. So they're trying and trying to penetrate in every way possible, and especially on ground. And uh, maybe we'll see if Mr. Assad, who is supposedly looking to lessen their presence, will actually take steps towards that end. The final piece on the Iran conversation, as far as I'm concerned, I, I know the inauguration was only three weeks ago, but and I ask you this every week, and rightfully, you, you know, I, I shouldn't expect you to be able to answer this at this point, but the, at some point the President of the United States is going to have to take a direction when it comes to Iran. Is there anybody in Washington giving you any type of indication of how this is going to end up, if there's going to be some type of attempt to have a real deal, or if he's going to be stronger than Obama was when it comes to Iran in terms of their threats and you know whatever response he may take, either militarily or just politically, in terms of what he'll say? Have you have any, any indication yet? Well, there have been a lot. The president uh, spoke again this week about it and uh, spoken repeatedly that uh, they're not going to go back Quickly, even though there are people pressing, especially within the, the Congress and others in the Democratic Party, that were pressing, you know, for a quick return to the JCPOA, and he has people in the government, several who were the authors or the architects of the JCPOA or of Amer and Americans' participation. But you saw the president said that he's not going to jump in, and he wants compliance first, meaning that the Iranians have to live up to it. The Iranians are saying, no, we're not going to comply until first you come back into the deal, you take away the sanctions, you compensate us, then we'll talk about, yeah. uh, um, you know, 
addressing our nuclear program. They have made statements that they're ready to reverse it and that it is reversible. But the United States has to remove all the sanctions. And President Biden said, we're not removing the sanctions until we see that you're coming into compliance. And Iran claims that it's those sanctions that are going to get them to speed up the process. So it's, you know. Well, it's no, not the Iranians. It's, it's the, we claim that it's it's the sanctions that have, have brought them to this point. Their economies and wounds, they can be... No, that I get, but... They boast about everything, but not all of it is true, and, and they're taking it away from their people. And the, you see the dissension within the country continues to grow. Right, but it seems that every time, no matter what the U.S. says, Iran says that's the excuse for, for getting to nuclear capability faster. Whether it's sanctions, deal, no deal, military, no military, no matter what the U.S. does, it seems is there's always that's always the reason why they claim they have to you know step up their nuclear program. So I don't even know if it makes a difference at this point um, in terms of whether there's a deal or not with the United States because I don't know if it's going to stop Iran either way. And, um, and the Iranians believe that it's their leverage is is delaying negotiations on the JCPOA. Right. That, that that puts more pressure, and especially with some of the Europeans. But the the revelations about the advances they're making yeah. in the nuclear program, the new centrifuges, and the other things that I that, mentioned about the undeclared sites, and that's and why the we, head of the IEA came out this week with pretty strong statements. Um, that's why and, we need a show of strength from Washington. That, that's why they that, shouldn't be dilly dallying on this. Well, they're saying they're not dilly dallying, right. and they haven't rushed into an agreement, and they're not. They're saying that they're going to hold off on uh, compliance, but we'll, we'll see. It, again, for me, often it's the messages that we send. It's not just the actions we right. take. It's whether they believe they can wait it out. Will they, um, you know, the, the Iranians are doing everything possible. They're doing um, uh, ground force drills near the Iraqi border right now. By the way, the IDF is, did, did exercises for three days this week on the northern border. Uh, if, uh, sorry. I don't know what that is. My computer all of a sudden decided to take us. <laughs> uh, good morning. And, <laughs> um, you know, so they're not sitting on their hands either in this, but you can see the desperation that they have. Uh, a couple of other quick things. Um, well, first of all, the prime minister has pl- has pled not guilty. You think that this is uh, uh, now that again, I mean, I, I, I guess it's always been in the headlines, this trial. But now that, but now that uh, he has actually submitted a plea, you think it's going to affect the election one way or the other? The, the plea doesn't. And the people, I think, have been through this for so many years, and it's going to be delayed. I, I doubt that they're going to—I think the court even gave him permission that it go, go after the election. But there will be a lot of buildup. It will be exploited. It is on people's minds. Um, it, it certainly has a detrimental effect. But the question is, do they mount a real opposition? The Lapid has been rising. You see the right is divided. The left is very divided. And and uh, some of the parties, merits, others don't even seem to make the cut. Yeah. Um, and now and the and people now... dropping out, the mayor of Tel Aviv's party, Bouli Alom, right. uh, people across the spectrum. And on the other side, they're, they're conjecturing again that BB could win and not be able to form a coalition. That, well, if you take all right, the, 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 it, somebody described it as you have two blocks, the, the BB block and the anti-BB block, which right now probably has more votes. But but people who may declare themselves as anti-BB really could join in a coalition, perhaps under certain imposing restrictions, conditions, whatever on it. Right. But they could get come into the deal to a, a coalition. And the fear that I hear from most Israelis is that we'll have to go to a fifth election, that uh, there are 39 parties right now. I think only 10 are, even have a chance of getting across the, uh, the, the threshold, the 3.25% uh, threshold. 
And you saw that they signed vote-sharing agreements so that they don't lose individual seats because of, of you know, half a seat, a vote's enough for half a seat. So when you combine two, two parties together, they share the extra seats that Israeli law allows. But the, the, um, I think that there will be a lot of up and down. Every time somebody new or something uh, arises, then they go up in the polls, and then all of a sudden you see the, the down to nothing. When um, Huldayi, the mayor of Tel Aviv, announced he went to eight seats, and, and now he couldn't even get it, virtually any. Right. And it's true of others. Israeli politics is very volatile. You may want to pick this up next week, but let me just mention it before we wrap up. The PA wrecked havoc on the biblical era site of Yoshua bin Nun's altar on Har Eval, including grinding stones from the area into gra- grinding stones from the area into gravel as part of a plan to pave a new road near the city of Shechem. Can you give us a comment on this story? Yes, it's uh, it's terrible. It's a disgrace, and uh, I want to see UNESCO and the world community come down on the on the Palestinian uh, Authority for for disregarding it. But we know I, I actually spoke about this uh, a couple months ago because we had seen the first signs that they were asserting uh, control in the area and and um, driving trucks in in the region nearby. Uh, it's it's uh, very important. We, we should we'll talk about it more next yeah. week because there are other things related in terms of amazing discoveries that are, are coming up all the time, just every day virtually, uh, that are being revealed after testing from the summer digs, and now we're going to enter into the next uh, uh, season. So there are really remarkable things that are being discovered, but, but they have to be protected. You know that many of the sites are robbed, um, and Arabs sell, sell it on the black market and for many for decades, hundreds of years, in fact. And they found new evidence that there may have been additional Dead Sea Scrolls, not from the region, immediate region, uh, and hope that maybe they can still be discovered, but it may be evidence that they, they were raided earlier on. Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak next week. Good Shabbos. Everybody be well and good Chodesh. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JMNAM 4. The weekly update this time each and every Friday, every oh, every Arab Shabbos. There we go. Um, each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader, emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of whoa. Tomorrow is a Shabbos Kodak moment. We can't take pictures, but by all means, wow, what a picture this makes to us and upstairs as well. Three Sifrei Torah, the Shabbos. First one, Parshas Shavua, Parshas Mishpatim, which according to the Chinuch contains 53 mitzvos. 23 positive and 30 restrictions. The second Sefer Torah is that of Rosh Chodesh. Today is the last day of Shvat, and tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh Adar, first day of Adar. Second Torah, we read from Parshas Pinchas regarding Rosh Chodesh. And finally, because tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh Adar, in keeping with the opening Mishnah in Mishnayis Shkolim, Be'echad Ba'ador, 
Mashmin al Hashkolim, on Rosh Chodesh or in other years right before Rosh Chodesh Adar, we read Parsha Shkolim, the opening paragraph of Parshas Kisisa, whereby we are told to give the Machsis HaShekel, each Jew contributing that half a shekel, for the purpose of um, funding the communal korbanos. Okay, I would like to try to connect Parshas Mishpatim with Parshas Shkolet. In Parshas Mishpatim, among the many mitzvos that you have, so I'd like to address two psukim, whereby the Torah teaches us how we are to be compassionate. No question about it. But, watch. The Torah says in chapter 23, Pasuk 4 and 5. If you should, or when you should, encounter the ox of your enemy or his donkey wandering, you shall surely return it to him. The Torah is teaching us for the first time, because you have it again in Parshas Kiseitse, the mitzvah of Hashavas Aveda. The ox, the donkey, are domestic animals. What we have today, what used to be the station wagon, what is now today the SUV, etc. So, in yesteryear, you carried your bundles on the ox, on the donkey. They were commonplace. Now, should there be an either-or, any animal, but these were the more common ones, ox or donkey, that you know it is wandering, it is, quote, lost, so whose donkey is this? Now remember, how many extra words are there in the Torah? If the Torah was simply speaking that you are to return a lost animal to its owner, then there really should not have been a need to put the word Oyevcha, which is your enemy. The Torah, however, in keeping with a great theme of Rav Shimshim of Hirsch, that the Torah always teaches in the extreme. Not only do I have to return the lost object, animal, of my friend, Kama, not only someone who I don't know, but even my enemy. Now, you might ask, how can a Jew even have an enemy? When the Torah says in Parshas Kedoshim, Lo sisna esa you're not to hate, God forbid, another Jew. So the Gemara in Psachim, Kufiud Gimel, Amid Beis 113b, addresses this question and says, it's not him that you hate, it's his behavior that you hate. Leaving that alone for the moment, 
What the Torah is saying is, Hoshev Tishivenu Lo. You are surely to return it to him, or even if it happens more than once, your immediate instinct is like you find in the next Pasuk. The next Pasuk is the mitzvah of Prika. What does that mean? Kisireh, when and if you should see the chamor, the donkey of your person, sonacha, that you H-A-T-E, can't even say the word, okay? Not okay, but you hate that person, and you see his chamor, which is crouching under its load, the load has shifted, and the animal is in pain, and the um, load is going to fall and very possibly break. And what's going to happen? Your immediate gut reaction is good for him. He deserves it for whatever the reason that you think in your mind. So the Torah therefore says, V'chodalta me'azov lo that you will instinctively refrain from helping him? Do you think that's what Jewish law is going to allow and accept? No. Azov to Azov Imo. And this is one of those 30 restrictions, 30 mitzvahs, lo say that the Torah says that here you are obligated to help this person. Okay, forgive me, it might even be one of the assays that you're not to look away, but you are to azov, to azov. It's the positive mitzvah of getting involved. But amazing, listen carefully, what the Torah is doing. I want you just to stop for a moment, everybody, and realize manishtana. What's the difference between our constitution, which is the Torah Kedosha, and every other constitution? All other constitutions simply protect, and that's very important, I'm not make, making light of it, the rights of every citizen. If one injures, damages another individual, you are liable and you have to pay and you're accountable for your actions. Good. However, other constitutions do not refine the character of man. Take a deep breath and say how proud you are to be a Jew. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the Torah Kedosha, because what does the Torah do? Not only does it give us the laws of protecting the rights of citizens, but what it does is it inculcates a midah, of Chemla, it inculcates within each and every one of us a spirit of compassion, refining our character. Now, every Friday night, we have Kabbalah Shabbos. Kabbalah Shabbos are six paragraphs of Tehillim leading up to the Lecha Dodi. The rabbis tell us that these six paragraphs correspond to the six days of the week. It's a transition from Chol to Kodesh. And tonight, you will honor me by honoring yourself. And in the fifth Tehillim, the fifth paragraph, Tehillim 99, 
which begins Hashem Oloch Yirgezu Amim, you'll pause for a moment at the fourth pasuk. The fourth pasuk reads, "V'oz Melech Mishpat Ohev Ato Konanto Meshorim." What does this mean? The first half of pasuk four, "V'oz Melech," mighty is the king. Now, where and what is Hashem's might? Mish, listen carefully. Mishpat Ohev. Hashem loves justice. Atah, you Hashem, konanto meshorim. You promote goodness in people. If we are Jewish, it's because of our mothers. If we are a Kohen Levi or Yisrael, that's because of our fathers. And if we are genuinely good people, that's because of the Torah. Of course our parents instilled it in us and theirs in them. But where did they get it from? How is it that the Torah refines our character? So Rashi on the spot in Perek, Sadi Chess, Dalit, and I'm going to read it to you. A delicious Rashi because he quotes our Parsha and the Psukim that I quoted to you a moment before. What does it mean, Atokonanto Meshorim? Hashem promotes, Hashem enables us to become good people. Number one, Pshara, the compromise of the, the concept of compromise, that I'm not so demanding. Every penny that's no, there's a, there's a sense of compromise in justice. And Simas Shalom, that the Torah helps create peace friendship between people and he cites Rashi our psukim exactly what we saw before now watch he's quoting the Medrash Tanchuma who will not be astonished when they see quote their enemy coming to help them as the Torah has ordained that we must do, who is not that's going to be moved when he sees his enemy Gomel Lo Chesed doing kindness for him, that he's not going to be moved to all of a sudden remove the barriers that were separating these two people, and to quote the Tanchuma, one helps the other and they look down the block, there's a coffee shop. Come on, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee together. And guess what? Thank you so much for what you did. And guess what? The animosity and the tension and the negativity that was there from before is being removed and taken away from them. Where is this coming from? It's coming from our holy Torah, which is, there's not an extra word. I don't have to return only an object to another Jew, to another individual, I have to return even to my enemy. Atah konanto meshorim. What is Parshas Shkolim? Parshas Shkolim is that there is in the Beis HaMikdash, which we had two, and there will be the third, B'mhei Rabbi Amenu. 
every single day, every morning, every afternoon, there's a Korban Tomit, constant. There's not a day in the year that there is not a Korban Tomit in the morning. Korban Tomit shall shachar, Korban Tomit shall bein arabayim, in the afternoon. Our shacharis in the morning corresponds to this communal offering. Our mincha in the afternoon, every day, corresponds. Who pays for these offerings? And the answer is you and I. Every individual gives a half a shekel, and we become the, quote, the balim, the owners of the korban. And so too, the korban musaf of Shabbos, ubioma Shabbos nekevosim, those two additional lambs that are brought in the Pesach Migdosh every Shabbos. Who pays for that? We do. And so it is, Rosh Chodesh, the 11 korbanos that are brought every Rosh Chodesh. Who pays for that? We do, through the Marxist HaShekel. Now watch. The Marxist HaShekel is not only that each Jew is to feel that he is incomplete. I'm only a half. And with you, I become complete. We need each other, showing that we are not yet complete and perfect. We're always growing, which is a beautiful idea of the Torah, constantly pushing us to do more, to accomplish more, to perfect ourselves more. But I'd like to relate the Pasuk of Tilim that we saw in 99, Atoh Konanto Meshorim, with the Pasuk that we say in Oz Yashir every day, Mochon Leshiftacha, that the Beis Amigdosh is a Mochon from the same Shoresh as Konanto. What does that mean? That just as the Torah promotes and enables the individual to become that better person, so too the Beis Amigdosh is the vehicle for the entire world, that it adds goodness, kindness, that it has light, illumination, that, as the Gemara tells us, if the non-Jews, if the Romans, Yomach Shemam, would have known how much the Beis Amigdash was helping them, they never would have destroyed it. The Beis Amigdash is that step and the enabling of the Sakin Olam Bimalchus Shakai, literally to enhance this world. And so when we have Pashash Golim, it's not simply Unishama Parmas for Senu, not simply reminding us that this is what we did and that what well, that which we will do, but reminding us the Parsha, how each and every one of us can and does perfect ourselves individually through the Torah and how, please God, the Beis Amigdash did and will perfect the world through its very existence and through our support thereof. Shabbat Shalom and a good Chodesh to all.
semes, umisachedes, bisgula secho. Meshoich noyam, hiro secho, leamevak sheiretsoi necho. Kadeshen, bikdushas ashabos, amisachedes besoiro secho. Good. 
Hello, Papa. Goodbye, Simo. <laughs> Simo, my son, it's the end. Don't say that, Papa. It's not the end. Even at the end, my own son is telling me what to say. <laughs> Simo, my boy, believe me, it's the end. All right, Papa, I believe you. It's the end. Simo, I liked it better when you were arguing with me. Papa, is there anything I can get for you? Yes. One thing before I go. I would like one piece of Mama's delicious apple strudel. It's my last wish. I'll get it for you, Papa. What else could a man want but the taste of Mama's apple strudel on his lips when he goes? <laughs> I'm a lucky man. I'm back, Papa. Oh, good. The apple strudel. No, Papa. I didn't get it. 
Mama says you can't have any. What do you mean? Can't have any. She said the strudel is for after the funeral. <laughs> JM in the AM. <laughs> if you know people, and I can't believe these people exist, but if you know people who don't listen to JM in the AM every single day, tell them to try it out now during the month of Adar. They'll love the comedy segments, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll win everybody over. We'll get them to be tuned in every single minute of the day. <laughs> JM and the AM, good morning. As we get set for a, a big, big Shabbos. Three Sifrei Torah. It's Erev Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. It's Erev Shabbos Shkalem. It's Erev Shabbos Mishpachim. Mishpatim, rather. And I thank all of you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget the Hass concert is Sunday night. So at 4 p.m. it's the alumni show. At 5 p.m. Eastern time, it's the... Uh, Time for Memories, with a big thank you to uh, all the people who've worked hard on that show. Miriam L. Wallach, Ding of Suki and Ding, um, Hananya Kramer and his staff, everybody's working hard. That's a 5 p.m. show. And then at the 7 p.m., it's a Time for Music 34 Live, which we will um, uh, present starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Um... And that's all happening on Sunday. Go to hasconcert.com, hasconcert.com for all the details. Hasconcert.com. Registration is free. You'll have it in your home. And let's hope it's a very, very successful fundraiser on behalf of the wonderful people at Camp Hask. Um, reminder that Partners in Torah has this unique program, the Happiness Challenge, which we are inviting everybody to take. Go to partnersintorah.org slash happiness-mentor, partnersintorah.org slash happiness-mentor for details on that. It's a good one. You will find it very invigorating spiritually. So check it out and enjoy, partnersintorah.org slash happiness-mentor. More coming up. It's JM in the AM with the New York Boys Choir.
Brand new, it's a New York Boys Choir. Heat Feel Poor is the name of that one. Here at JM in the AM as we get set for Purim two weeks from today. Could you imagine? We've made it back to Purim. <laughs> After this entire year, we've made it back to Purim two weeks from today. Wow. Three Torahs, you know the drill. It's Rosh Chodesh morning, all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, Yalav Yavo, half Hallel, special Torah reading, Musaf, Barachinavshi, whatever your custom calls for. Uh, we'll say Yalav Yavo today and tomorrow. And um, we'll say Hallel tomorrow, of course, in Shul on a Shabbos morning. And we'll have three Torahs for Mishpatim, Rosh Chodesh and Parsha Shkolem. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah, pretty amazing. Time to say good Shabbos, JM in the AM.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSigl.com and the NachumSigl Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday and an amazing week here at JM and the AM. Good Chodesh, everybody. Sunday, Hass Concert. Don't forget, a time for memories at 5 p.m., time for music live coming up at 7 p.m. And it's all free if you log on now to hasconcert.com, and I'll speak to you, please, God, on Sunday night. Don't forget Project Witness. They have a their educational conference Sunday and Monday. Monday night is their documentary showing. Go to projectwitness.org for information, projectwitness.org for all the information. Naomi Nachman is next. Naomi Nachman is next with Table for Two. She will be speaking with Hillel, excuse me, Halit Edelstein of Costa Rica, Devorah Adler, and Abby Wallen with uh, Chesed 24-7, and Allison Gutwax, personal chef and president of Ali Babka. That's all coming up on uh, Table for Two. And then, of course, the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Until next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>